0: Silas and Timothy, to the Church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath.
1: Thank you. Thank you and welcome to this series, Unstoppable, where we are celebrating together the unstoppable power of God in our lives against the odds. I don't know about you, but I love an inspiring story about someone who's overcome when they were up against it. Do you like these kinds of stories? People who should have stopped because of circumstances that were against them, but they became unstoppable. Unstoppable. Um, in preparing for this series, actually, I found online a book entitled Unstoppable, and it's by a man called Nick Voicich. and his story is amazing. Some of you may be familiar with it. If ever there was a person who had an excuse to stop, it would have been Nick. He was born with a rare genetic disorder that meant he had no arms or legs. Now, I don't know about you, but having no limbs would mean you would feel like Stopping. And in fact, Nick did reach a pretty dark place where he tried to stop his own life in suicide. But then he met the unstoppable God. And in this book called Unstoppable, he says this God knows I wanted arms and legs, but did I need them? No, I needed peace, forgiveness, joy, love, and a relationship with Jesus. I might not have limbs, but my God makes me unstoppable. Isn't that fantastic? Nick now is married. He travels the world as a motivational speaker. And of all things, he's taken up surfing, as you can see on the front cover of his book. I recommend the book. And I recommend that we also determine today if he can do it, we're going to do it, we're going to be unstoppable. Now, our challenges may be a bit less obvious and less severe than someone like Nick. But I imagine we all have the things in life that we feel we come up against, things that could keep us down and make us want to stop. And this is a series inspired by a New Testament letter called 1 Thessalonians to help us to say, Now in God, I also am going to be unstoppable. This church... In a city, a Greek city called Thessalonica, this church had everything against them. The world, as we'll see, threw the kitchen sink at them to try and stop them. And yet the extraordinary story of this church is captured in a little verse, actually, that we just had read for us. Paul says this, 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 6, in spite of severe suffering, your faith has become known everywhere. What an amazing formula that is. In spite of, could we say that together? In spite of severe suffering, your faith has become known everywhere. These were, in other words, these were an in spite of people. They were up against incredible odds. They could so easily have stopped. But in spite of the challenges they faced, they were unstoppable and so Paul refers to them in verse 7 as we just heard as a model church he says you became a model for all the believers a model of how to be unstoppable in spite of and so I want to take this model church the church of Thessalonica and over this series we're going to unpack their inspiration to us now today to also be in spite of people As you can see in this visual on the screen, I want to ask you the question this morning. That question mark poses the question, what is it in your life right now that could stop you living for God? It might be external challenges, work pressures, or health issues, or financial struggles, or family tensions, your own family, your children, parents, whatever it may be. It might be that you're facing criticism, opposition for your faith. It might be more internal emotions of fear and great anxiety that you feel. Maybe you've experienced something like depression, or you just feel on the inside inferior, like giving up. You know, life throws stuff at us that could stop us, but the challenge of this series is to say, no, because of God, I'm going to be unstoppable, in spite of. I'm going to be an in spite of person. Here you can see a few Kingsgate people who are kicking this series off by just saying, in spite of these sorts of challenges, I'm going to be unstoppable in God. And I want all of us through this series to kind of make that as our commitment. In spite of, I'm going to be very honest about my challenges, but in spite of them, I'm going to be unstoppable. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Fantastic. Well, today I want to kick this off from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. By just giving two basic reasons why we can be unstoppable in spite of. Firstly, we serve an unstoppable God. And secondly, we share an unstoppable gospel. So, firstly, then, we serve an unstoppable God. In chapter 1, Paul opens it and closes the chapter with reference to God. Verse 1, to the church of the Thessalonians in God. Verse 9, he says, you serve the true and living God. In other words, for Paul, if you're going to be unstoppable, it all starts and ends with God. We are not unstoppable because of who we are, but because of who he is. And Paul knows that this church that he's writing to, it should never even have got started, let alone flourished, if it wasn't for God. Now I need to give you a bit of a briefing here so you understand why I say this. Let me give you the backstory, which you can read in Acts chapter 17 in your own time. But Thessalonica, or this city of of the Thessalonians where the church was based, around 50 AD, the Apostle Paul turned up there. Now this city still exists today, it's now called Thessaloniki, and it's the second most important city in the whole of Greece. And if you're looking for somewhere to go for your summer holidays, it's an option. The the Lonely Planet Guide uh, says this about Thessaloniki today, it is fueled by optimism, hedonism, and just a dash of chaos. It's an option, anyway. I'll just put it out there, maybe stick to Bognor Regis after all. But wherever you're going, when Paul went there... He caused some holy chaos around 50 AD. Because as he turned up in the city, he began to preach the good news of Jesus. And we read that many people believed the message. But many other people then got jealous of its impact and so started to cause trouble. Here is my own paraphrase of Acts 17. We read this. They formed a mob, set the city in uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, which is where the church was meeting, they dragged some of the believers before the city authorities and shouted, "These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also." Don't you love that last phrase? Even the enemies are having to admit these Christians turn the world upside down. Isn't that great when the opposition are acknowledging this team is unstoppable? <laughs> But after causing chaos, the Apostle Paul and his team get out while they can, leaving then this fledgling church. He's only been with them for possibly months, maybe even only weeks. They're brand new Christians, their lifeline's just being cut off, they're alone, and the whole of the city is in uproar against them. Paul must have, as he left, Paul must have felt like a parent who has to leave their toddler in the jungle on its own, surrounded by predators. In other words, this church should have stopped, right? And yet it became unstoppable. And a few months later, a news report reaches Paul to tell them that in fact the child, the toddler, has grown up, led the lions to Christ, and filled the whole jungle with the sound of the gospel. Now can you imagine his joy and relief when he hears this news? That they are in spite of people who've become unstoppable. That's why this letter, probably more than any of the other New Testament letters, it is dripping with emotion. You can hear Paul's heart beating through the pages. He's so overjoyed that these people are standing firm. I got a little taste of this kind of emotion a few months back. Um, by talking to an old friend called Danny. I I first met Danny when we were down in Cornwall. He moved down there. He's actually a Cockney from London, but he moved down to Cornwall because he was a crack cocaine addict and he was trying to get help. And to cut a long story short, Danny came to put his faith in Jesus Christ and his life was completely transformed. I had the privilege of discipling Danny for a couple of years in that period and then he had to leave. And he had to leave to go back to Plumstead in London, where he was from. And I have to say, I feared for Danny. Because that was going back to where all the trouble started. Without the support that he had with us, I feared that he would stop believing, stop living for Christ. I think you can understand why. And unfortunately, I lost touch with Danny. We changed mobile phone numbers, as he did. And to cut a long story short, a few months ago, I got to speak to him on the phone for a first time in a long time. And I was apprehensive. I said to Danny, I said, you know, so how are you, Danny? And he said, I'm good, Andrew, I'm good. That's how he speaks. <laughs> He's got a funny accent, trust me. Hey, I'm good, Andrew, I'm good. And I said, so, you know, so what have you been up to, Danny? And here's what he said. He said, I have been studying presuppositional apologetics. Now, you may not know what that is, but the good news for me is it's not a class A drug, right? LAUGHTER Danny has been studying the Bible. He wasn't back on the stuff. He was studying God's Word in spite of, here he is, in spite of, he had become unstoppable. I spoke to him and he sent this photo just the other week. And he said he's actually suffering from ME now. He's got another challenge in his life. But he said, I'm not giving up. I'm following God. That did me so much good to hear it. I mean, what joy. If you'd offered me that news or a million pounds, I think I'd have said, keep your money. (laughs) This matters so much. And this is what Paul felt. And this is how he later expresses it in the letter. He says, for now we really live because you are standing firm. How can we thank God enough for you? So no wonder, given that backstory, no wonder Paul in chapter 1 fills the chapter with thanks to God because he knows only an unstoppable God could do this. There's no other explanation for it. The only way you can understand how unstoppable this church had become is by reference to our unstoppable God. And in verse one, he puts it, the key to it all, he puts it this way, "To the Church of the Thessalonians, "In God, the Father." in God." If you speak to estate agents, they'll tell you that the key to property is location, 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 right? The key to our spiritual lives is location, location, location. If we want to become in spite of people, we've got to understand that's because we are in God. Whatever circumstances we are in, however challenging they may be, we are in God in spite of those circumstances, and He gives us the resources To be unstoppable in spite of. Paul references this in verse 4. He puts it this way. Here's some of the resources we have. We know, brothers, loved by God that he has chosen you. Even here, you can hear Paul effectively saying, To be in God then is to be in his love and in his purpose. We know, brothers, loved by God. Firstly, we can say, if you're in God, if you're a Christian today, you can say, I'm in his love. Whatever challenges I'm facing, whatever pressures I'm under, I'm in his love. Now this works not like our work appraisals and performance reviews where we get bonuses according to how we've done. The love of God is not performance driven. The love of God is about our position not our performance. The Greek word here loved by God is you have been agapae by God. That is the unconditional love of our heavenly father. It's about our position in his family not our performance in our tests and results. This week one of our children has had their SATs tests at school and that puts a little bit of a new pressure on their life and I called my son into my study before he went to school the morning of the SATS test and I just sat him on my knee to give him, if you like, that position of being my son. And I said to him, I said my boy, I said to him, my boy, I love you and you're my son. Now go and do your best. You see, that means that from this position that he has before his performance and that he'll have regardless of his performance, he knows he's loved. And that gives the resources. Amen. Whatever work pressures, Whatever challenges and stresses, brothers, sisters, we are agape by God. We are unstoppable because we have an unstoppable God who shows us unstoppable love. I'm in his love. And secondly, I'm in his purpose. We know, brothers, loved by God that he has chosen you. Underneath that word is the Greek word electos. He has elected you. He looks at this small group of Christians in this great Greek city and he says, God's got his eye specially on you. You are his elect, his chosen people. If you're in Christ, you're chosen. Now, divine election is something of a mystery. And you could do a whole PhD on it and still feel it's a mystery. I know because I just have, right? <laughs> But here, Paul is not offering this for academic speculation, but for pastoral reassurance. He wants these up-against-it people in challenging circumstances to know, however chaotic it may feel in Thessalonica, you're also in God. And he has an eternal purpose for you. He chose you long before you chose him. He called you long before you ever believed in him. There's something bigger going on in spite of your challenging circumstances. God's got hold of you. Amen. We are in his love and we're in his purpose. We are in God and that gives us the resources to be in spite of people. He's gone ahead of us in election, he is with us in his love. We can be unstoppable one of our other children's be learning to ride their bike. And if you're a parent, you may have had the experience of helping your child ride a bike. And obviously for them, it is a little bit of a scary challenge. You know, the bike wobbles and bumps and so forth. But what sometimes I think our kids don't realise is that in spite of their own little challenge, we as parents... You know, I'd gone ahead, before even I took the stabilisers off the bike, I'd gone ahead to prepare a course, a route and moved all the obstacles out of the way. So I'd gone ahead of little Toby, as he learned. And then as he cycled his bike, feeling all unsafe and wobbling, I'm running, have you done this? I'm running behind him. So he may feel scared, but I'm not going to let him fall. I've gone ahead of him, and I'm with him, and as a result, he can be unstoppable. Amen? Amen? That's Christianity, folks. In God, we have a God who's gone ahead of us, In election, he's running with us in his love. In God, we can become unstoppable, even when it feels like the stabilizers have come off. When circumstances hit that are a real challenge, in spite of, we can be unstoppable. And to inspire us in this, one of our own congregation, Jess, is going to share her story. Take a look at this.
2: Hi, I'm Jess, I'm 18 and I'm currently studying my A-levels. Last year, I lost my mum to cancer and it was a really difficult time for me. I found it difficult to find strength to get up in the morning and carry on with my day. So I had to make the choice whether I was going to put my trust and my faith in God. And I'm so glad that I did because I feel like God's love for me is the reason that I'm here, That. I've never felt so loved before in my whole life, that when I felt like I lost the love of my mum, that he was there for me, that every barrier that I put up, that other people put up for me was knocked down by God and that he was here for me through everything. To me, unstoppable means continuing through adversity. It means putting all of my trust in God, even when I don't feel like it, because I know that God has immeasurably more for me. I know that his plan for my life is absolutely incredible and losing my mum didn't stop me from thinking that. In fact, it's made me believe it more and more. I'm so thankful for God's unstoppable love.
1: Now, we want to say thank you to Jess. What a brave and powerful story of in spite of unstoppable. Amen? I don't know what you're facing, but let's all be inspired. If we're in God, we're in his love, we're in his purpose, we can be unstoppable. We have an unstoppable God. And secondly, we share an unstoppable Gospel. We have an unstoppable God and we share an unstoppable gospel. In the second half of chapter 1, Paul highlights the double movement of the gospel breaking in and breaking out through this church. The gospel breaks in. In Thessalonica, it broke into these lives of people who were not Christians and made them Christians. And then through them, it broke out and transformed the whole region around And this double movement of in and out, I think this is what Paul means when he says, you are to them, he says, you are a model church. In spite of the beating and the suffering they'd endured, he describes them as a sort of spiritual supermodel. Why? Because as the gospel broke in, it not only changed them, but they let it break out and change the whole world around them. Now, a little while ago, One of the friends of this church, Stuart Bell, spoke a word over Kingsgate that Kingsgate would be a model church. And I think the key to it is right here. It's about being an inside out church, that the gospel breaks in and changes us, but it never stops there. It breaks out and changes the whole region around us. Amen? So let's look at that double movement of this unstoppable gospel. Firstly, the gospel breaks in. The word gospel means an announcement of good news. And before the media age that we live in, if you heard the gospel, it was because a herald brought it to you. So imagine we are a city... And our army is off fighting the enemy, right? And our whole future lies on the outcome of that battle. But how are we going to find out the news? Well, because a herald would run from the scene of the battle, knowing what's happened, and announce to the city the news. We would all hold our breath, and if our, bat- if our army won, they would announce, I've got gospel, <laughs> I've got good news our whole futures are victorious because of our representative army who've won the victory for us, right? Now, in the same way, Paul imagines himself turning up in Thessalonica to announce good news. Jesus Christ, on behalf of all of us, took on our enemies of sin, of guilt, of shame, of judgment, of death itself. And in his death and resurrection, he won the decisive victory for us. And so the gospel is a verbal announcement of victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He saves us, as he put it in verse 10. Jesus rescues us from the coming wrath. We have a deliverer in Jesus. So on the one hand, it is a message of words of truth. But Paul here is also keen to remind the Thessalonians that the gospel came and it was more than just words. Listen to verse five. Our gospel came to you Not with words only, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Paul remembers the moment when, rather like I am now, he preached the good news to the people in Thessalonica. And he remembers that whilst all he could do is speak words, as he spoke those words, the message came with power. And it came with power because he speaks about our gospel came to you. It's almost as if Paul's saying, I could only come this close to you and speak some words. But as I spoke them, the Holy Spirit took them. He came down the steps across the room and put those words in your soul until they brought deep conviction. This message is true and I need to believe it. The gospel breaks in then with power through the Holy Spirit and it gets personal When this is happening, it's the moment when, and as a preacher I hear it all the time, is when someone will say, do you know that was just for me? Or it's like I was the only person in the room as you said that. Or it's like, how did you know about me? (laughs) Almost a bit suspicious. Who told you? Well, no one. But my words, you see, right now they're not just words. The Holy Spirit's taking hold of them. He's bringing them across the room to you right now that they might come with power and with deep conviction that it might get personal that we might be changed. The gospel breaks in, and when it breaks in, it changes us from the inside out. Why? Because as Paul writes to the Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation. Our gospel came to you not with words only, but also with power. That word in Greek is dunamis, from which we get our word dynamite. The gospel's got an explosive power. It's an unstoppable gospel. When it gets in on the inside, it can change us in ways we never imagined. The unstoppable gospel can change impossible situations in Jesus' name. Amen? And you might be here today, and I felt this, that there are some of us here today who know you're not sure about the message. You are maybe a bit new to it, or you've gone away from it. I'm not absolutely sure about all this message, but I know I need to change. There are situations in my life and I feel the need for change, but I don't seem to have the power to stop what I was doing and to live a new life. Listen, the gospel is the power of God for salvation. If you will let it in, it will be like dynamite in your life and situations can change today in Jesus' name. This is not a message only of words. It's power. It's the Holy Spirit. It's deep conviction. If you want to change, you can, in Jesus' name. Just look how these Thessalonians changed. Verse 9, Paul puts it this way. You turned from idols to serve the living God. These Thessalonians, before the gospel came, they had prior commitments to false gods and idols. Things that they were committed to, they served them, but all they did was screw them up, left them with fear and anxiety. And Paul says, when the gospel came, you had new power to break with those old things that only ruined your life. Those addictions and habits and fears and that shame. You got new power to say, I don't want to live like that anymore. I've got a new reality in my life. I'm living a new way. The gospel breaks off the past and allows us the power to do a 180 degree turn and to go a new way with God. And not only that, not only did they break from the past, but look how they changed in the future. Verse 6, you then became imitators of the Lord. Isn't that extraordinary? These former idol-worshipping people, with very little discipleship, because Paul had to leave so quickly, they began to become imitators of the Lord. That Greek word beneath imitators is mimic, from which we get our word to mimic or to do an impression of. Isn't that extraordinary? Brand new Christians, with a little help, are now doing a pretty good impression of Jesus himself in the way that they're living. That's the power of the gospel. It can turn our lives round until other people begin to see a faint recognition of Jesus in us because we're in God. Isn't that extraordinary? What a power that is when people not only change their beliefs, but they also change their whole behavior to be like Jesus. The gospel can do this. If you want to change, it can start today through faith in Jesus, because the gospel is the power of God. I get the privilege of serving on Alpha in this church, and seeing this happen before our eyes. People come on Alpha, which is a course, and in the course of Alpha, they change. They often come at the start not even believing or sure that there is a God, and by the end of the course, the unstoppable gospel has transformed their lives. There was one chap on our last course and at the very last session I got to speak to him and I said, so how have you found Alpha? And he just said, amazing. <laughs> and he said, amazing, he said, I don't know who I am anymore, I've changed so much. <laughs> I love that, I don't, know, I don't know who I am anymore, I've changed beyond all recognition. And then he said this, he said, I started Alpha, an atheist, now I feel like an evangelist. <laughs> yeah. He was bringing more people to the next Alpha, totally transformed. And that, folks, is the model. The gospel breaks in, and secondly, the gospel breaks out. Out through our lives to change the lives of those around us. That's what Paul means, that this is a model church. It's in and then it's out. It's an inside-out church. And as a result, he describes them as a model, probably rather like if you're a teacher, you may know of a model pupil in your class. And what you mean is... They're the kind of people who do what they should be doing, even when you didn't tell them to, right? Even when you're not standing over them like a hawk watching them, they're doing it anyway. And that was this church. After Paul left and could no longer influence them, they just got on with sharing the good news with their whole region. And verse 8 sums it up this way. The gospel, the good news of Jesus, the Lord's message rang out from you in the whole of Macedonia and Achaia, the surrounding regions. That word rang out is the Greek word echo. The good news of Jesus was like a sound that from this church reverberated through their whole region in Jesus' name. The word can be used for the sound of a trumpet that changes the atmosphere. The sound of church bells that ring out with hope. The sound of a stadium packed with people who all cheer in victory at the same time. And the whole neighborhood hears the good news. That was this church. From this one church, the whole region heard about Jesus. In spite of everything they were up against. What an unstoppable church, Hey, eh? The gospel broke in and the gospel broke out. And the result was you couldn't live in Thessalonica or the towns and villages around it without hearing the good news of Jesus. It was a new sound in your neighborhood that you heard. Now what a vision for us. Imagine if we all became in spite of people. Imagine if we all this week did a good impression of Jesus in our workplaces and neighbourhoods and at the school gates. Imagine if we all made the sound of the good news of Jesus ring out through our lives. Imagine if you couldn't live in Cambridgeshire or Leicestershire without hearing about this good news. What a vision. And that's this church. Unstoppable God... Unstoppable gospel coming together. What a sound we could make in Jesus' name. Now, if ever there was a church that had a reason to stop, it was this one. They could have stopped believing because it was so hard for them. They could have stopped sharing, stopped living for Christ. But they chose instead to become unstoppable. And I want to invite us to respond today to this message by choosing... To say, in spite of everything that I'm facing, I have an unstoppable God. I'm in his love and I'm in his purpose. I'm going to be unstoppable. And I have an unstoppable gospel to share. And in spite of the challenges, I'm going to let it ring out through my life in Jesus' name. What a vision that would be if we became that kind of people in spite of unstoppable. And it may be today that you're conscious that because of some of life's challenges, there's a sense in which you have stopped a little bit. Stopped really going for it. Maybe stop believing. You used to believe, but that's no longer powerful in your life. Stop speaking out and living for Jesus. Maybe taken a few disappointments or setbacks or faced some fears or new circumstances that have cut in on you. I want to encourage us today to make a new declaration over our circumstances and over our lives I'm in God, I'm in His love and in His purpose, in spite of, I'm going to be unstoppable. Amen. Amen. Shall we pray together? Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the gospel of Jesus Christ, the announcement of good news that our lives can change because of His power in us. I thank you today, Lord Jesus that in spite of whatever challenges my brothers and sisters are facing, here and those watching right now, in spite of, we can be unstoppable. And God, I pray for those who have stopped, who feel their faith has ground to a halt or they've given in to their circumstances. I pray today that we'd say, God, if you're for us, who can be against us? I make a decision today. I will be an in spite of person. I am unstoppable. In Jesus' name. Amen.